I'm so happy to be here. Like, like Eunice mentioned, I can't believe I'm here as Eunice is the campus director here. It's, she just reminded me of our past. I'm like, wow, it's pretty crazy how uh, we're here because we were serving also as a, like a familiar leader together uh, for the freshmen of Virginia Tech. But like, uh, like Eunice mentioned, my name is Sky Becker, and she did all my intro, so I, I don't have to introdu- introduce myself. But So I came out to Korea at the end of 2010, and it's a bit about five years already. And um, today as I was asking, well, no, I didn't prepare for this message today, but as I was asking God, you know, days ago, uh, what I should share about tonight, God actually, like, took my brain out of myself and kind of showed me uh, an image of where I was when I was in college. It was kind of weird. Like, I, I, as I had my eyes closed, I saw myself kind of, like, being, like, um, you know, like in a movie when you can come out of your own body and see somebody else. It's like something like that. I, I was able to see myself at you guys' age, uh, which was in 2004. <laughs> um, and what struck me was the way I was then and who I was then and who I have become now. And God's shown, God shown me the transformation and, and even the situation of my life then and now. Uh, was crazy. I was flooded with all sorts of emotions. I actually started just crying because I could not believe where I was then. In 2004, when I was 18, in one of these rooms, sitting at a large group in my own campus uh, campus um, ministry. Thank you. It's been so long. <laughs> so, you know, I entered, in, I entered into college in 2004, I mentioned, and I was 18, and I was at Virginia Tech, and the image God showed me was this girl who just came out of high school, who was very angry, very insecure, very bitter, and exhausted girl, um, and specifically exhausted from family. And that's what, that's what I'm going to talk about today. And I didn't know God then, so, you know, you could only imagine. I, I didn't have anyone to rely on. Um, and I was in a mess, like I mentioned mostly with family issues. And so when I went to college, I was so happy. I was four hours away from home. It's kind of sad to say that, but because I I just didn't like being home. It was too much drama. It was too many things going on. And, you know, I was actually happy just to get a break from all the mess that was going on at home. And my name was actually Kim Jie back then. It's my Korean name. I know my name right now is like Sky Becker. So like, white and non-Korean, right? <laughs> Thanks to uh, my husband, I have this awesome last name, but my name is actually Kim Jie, and I'm going to share how I got the name Sky later, but, you know, it's just kind of like, they call me Fabi then, Fabi Korean girl named Kim Jie, um, yeah, who was so wounded and scarred, and that's who God showed me, and that's when I knew God wanted me to share about my family today. Um, so let me pray for us before I begin. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share about what you have done in my life. And thank you so much, God, that, um, God, you truly did so much miraculous work in my life, God, and that I get to share about it with these young uh, students, God. I am just so thankful for this opportunity. I just pray, Father, that you will open their ears, open their hearts, God, open their eyes, Father, for them to see your goodness 
And for, for them to see your faithfulness through my story today, through my testimony today, that they will receive hope from you, Lord. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I uh, warn you in advance that I might be a little emotional today. <laughs> and I came prepared. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know, because this testimony is actually pretty raw. Uh, you know, Eunice knows because she's, you know, we're so close, such close friends. And some parts of my testimony about my family is like as raw and new as last month. So as I'm sharing, as I'm preparing, I, I just couldn't help but just cry because God's been so good. He's been so amazing in my life. So, you know, I'm just going to share briefly about my upbringing and why I was so hurt and why I was so wounded. So, you know, I think the beginning of my story is going to feel kind of heavy because that's my life story. And I can't kind of sugarcoat it in any other way because it was pretty heavy. Uh, but... Basically, I had a pretty normal childhood upbringing in Korea until I was 13, and that's when I went to the States. Uh, And right when I went to the States, my parents uh, got divorced. And, you know, they had a rough marriage up until then, but then when we went to, you know, America and we were living the immigration, uh, immigrator, no, immigration lifestyle, thank you. (laughs) Immigration lifestyle, you know, things just got worse, and my parents ended up divorcing. And the way it happened was, you know, involving violence and cop coming and, you know, my dad abusing my mom for the first time. So that um, kind of traumatic memory for me was the last memory of my dad until years later. And right after my dad was kind of taken away by the cops, um, my stepdad moved in. So it was like a whirlwind of, I guess, transition for me because I just moved to the States And then my parents got separated, and my stepdad moved in with his two sons. Um, And long story short, that marriage was so rocky and messy for 12 years. Um, And there was so much drama, especially with step-siblings, and, you know, multiple traumatic memories with fighting and violence, you know, between my parents. And also my stepfather's verbal abuse was uh, very strong. You know, I got a lot of words spoken over me that I don't even remember anymore, actually. It was kind of hard to try to remember what he had spoken over me because I've been so healed and delivered of all those lies that I'm, like, having a hard time. Like, what did he say again? You know, what were the mean things that he said to me? I don't remember, right? But, you know, some things like you're selfish or you can't do this. You're you're not going to be able to success, succeed in anything. Like, these lies that weren't true, uh, were spoken over me a lot as I was growing up. And, you know, I mentioned before, I don't know how many of you guys can and relate to this, that I just kind of loved not being home. Because home was not a place of rest. It was not a place of comfort like it's supposed to be. And family was not supposed to, you know, it, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. And this was the image that God took me back to where I was then. Um, so first year at Virginia Tech is when I met God, like at a setting like this, actually it's very similar because like the chairs are similar (laughs) and this wooden cross is very similar and stuff. Uh, and the, the white walls and whiteboard and stuff, but it's, you know, first year in college is when I met God and, you know, I mentioned I was a mess, but God became my father that I never had. And, you know, my dad, that my real dad that I lost when I was 13, 
and my stepdad I, that was abusing, you know, abusive and kind of twisted image of what, our, what a father's supposed to be. God came and restored all that through just his love, his, his uh, you know, affirmation over me. You're not dumb. You're not selfish. You're my, you're my child. I created you in your mother's womb. And that's what, like, really brought crazy healing um, throughout my college years. So if you met me in college, you would never think that I would become a pastor or a missionary. In fact, you would be scared to talk to me <laughs> because, believe it or not, I was a very angry girl. I was very, like, like, don't come talk to me. I have this wall up, you know. And, you know, like, people you see at your college fellowship that uh, you're you're kind of concerned for them. That would be me. <laughs> you can ask uh, your campus director, Eunice, because she met me when I was a second year in college. And that, that's still when I was going through a lot of healing. So I had this, like, dark, gloomy cloud. Like, what? You don't say hi to me? I don't say hi to you. You know, shoot. You know, that's, that was my attitude in college. So it's unbelievable, right? She's not the same girl anymore. <laughs> but uh, praise God. And... So, and, and that's when I also met my husband, John Michael, uh, back then. He was my familiar leader. He was my Bible study leader. I know it's not allowed. I'll tell you this story separately, how we came together, but this is a crazy testimony as well, but that's going to take up the whole sermon, so I can't do that. But don't, I'm not saying that's okay, all right? We dated six years after, after I graduated, uh, but you know, he was my leader, so he was praying over me, and I found his journal the other day, and it said, you know, he, he had a list of names of people in his um, familiar, familiar group, and he was praying over them, and it said, Jie, you know, um, he, she seems not interested in God. Um, pray for intimacy with God. That's what he said, basically. I was like, dang, that was me? I was not, you know, I was one of those aloof, like, I don't, I don't care about this fellowship. Why am I here kind of girl? And, but then once I tasted God's goodness, I could not live without it. It was like, he was like, I was living in darkness, such darkness, but this light came that I could not forsake the light anymore. Why would I go back to the darkness? Why would I go back to, you know, the depressed, dark uh, place where I had no God, right? So in, in May 2009 is when God gave me my name, Sky. So at this, at this point, I've grown, I've grown so much uh, over like five years of serving at the ministry. That's when also, you know, I think 2009 was when I was serving with Eunice, uh, you know, at one of these large groups. And that's when I met God because one day, this is when I was um, praying for all my family members. You know, I had uh, a little prayer corner in my room and I was lifting up prayers for my family. And it was, it just became so overwhelming because one, I was praying for so many of them. It was my stepbrother, another stepbrother, stepsister, my mom, my stepdad, my dad, my real dad, and my biological brother who uh, are nine years apart from me. And my grandma, step-grandma at the time. So I was like praying for like all these people, for each of them salvation. And I just felt so overwhelmed. I'm like, God, is this even possible? Like, can you even save these people? Like, I don't believe that they would, you know, ever be happy or they, were, they would ever be healed. And I just broke down crying. And I felt like I was saying, go read your Bible <laughs> that you're supposed to read today. So, you know, I just, I just felt this prompting on my heart that I should read today's QT. You know, like you have the uh, quiet, quiet time like uh, plan and you like check it off to read the whole Bible in a year. 
And that day happened to be Zechariah 8, which is like, to me, at the time, it was so random. Like, Zechariah, what can I get out of Zechariah? I don't, <laughs> give me a New Testament, you know? <laughs> but I'm like, okay, Zechariah. So I turned there. And, um, and that very day, I was asking God and praying for an American name because nobody could pronounce my name, Jie. Uh, you know, people would be like, Jai I, because it's J I, J I A E, you know? I'm like, I hate substitute teachers because they come and butcher my name all the time. So I was like, God, I want a prophetic name. I, I heard of, you know, Bible characters where they pray for a name or they didn't even pray for a name, but God gave them a new identity. They gave, you know, like they turned, he's turned Saul into Paul. I, I want that, right? So uh, that day I turned to Zechariah 8 and it says, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. says all this may seem impossible to you now a small remnant of God's people. But is it impossible for me, says the Lord of heaven's armies. (laughs) This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. You can be sure that I will rescue my people from the east and from the west. I will bring them home again to live safely in Jerusalem. They will be my people, and I will be faithful and just toward them as their God. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Be strong and finish the task. And, you know, I was always fond of the name Sky, but I'm like, ah, it's kind of cheesy. I can't tell people, like, I just named myself Sky. But verse 12, it says, For I am planting seeds of peace and prosperity among you. The grapevines will be heavy with fruit. The earth will produce its crops, and the sky will release the dew. And that was the translation that I had. And among the other nations, Judah and Israel became symbols of cursed nation, but no longer now I will rescue you and make you both a symbol and a source of blessing. So don't be afraid. Be strong and get on with rebuilding the temple. Right? This passage is about, he's talking to the Israelites. He's not talking to my family. But at the time when I read it, it was just so strong. The way he was speaking to me about my family. I'm going to rescue your family and they will be my people. And you're going to be sky that re- releases the dew. So the seeds can grow. There's seeds of peace and prosperity planted among you already, among your family. And I'm going to be the one. I'm going to use you to grow those seeds, right? So I knew that God was giving me that identity as the sky that will release the dew. So I knew every prayer I prayed, every tears I, I shed was growing their seeds that I could not see. So that's when my identity became sky and I told, you know, my friends and they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was, I was a bit offended, but I told them like, this is God's promise for me. And that's when I didn't even know all these stories of like, you know, uh, Israel becoming Jacob and uh, Saul becoming Paul. Like, I didn't know these stories, but later on when I look back, I'm like, man, God does this. God gives new identities. He gives new, new names for people. And that's the symbol of promise that, that he has for your life. So, you know, every time people will call me, that will be a reminder to me. That's, that's the promise God has for your family. Sky, remember, you're supposed to be the sky. And I'll be like, okay, I'll go back to praying. I'll go back to crying for them. And they will come to know the Lord. And the way, the way um, I guess I influenced my family in any way was only through prayer. Only through prayer. I mean, um, yeah, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying neglect, like, you know, trying to share the gospel with them, share your testimony with them. But I've done 
a lot of them, but not with God's leading. I just kind of did it out of my own zeal or out of my own, like, maybe he would want to hear it today, you know, <laughs> and I would go to my dad and be like, you know, dad, did you hear, you know, the awesome things God's been doing in my life? And he'd be like, you know, keep all that God stuff to yourself. And I would just get so hurt. Like, <laughs> he, he rejected my gospel today, right? But more than any manipulation or any, tri- any persuasion you can try to do with your family, it's prayer. Prayer really changes. Uh, I want you to open up to Proverbs, Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16.3. It's a very short verse. And this is the only verse I'm going to share today, which means I want you guys to memorize it. I want you guys to remember this verse so much, so well, that you have it memorized. Proverbs 16.3. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Right? I want to explain that a little bit before I keep going with my um, testimony. So I, I was like, this is a nice verse, because God put it on my verse, and I was like, but how does this, what does this have to do with, you know, praying for family and contending for family? And I found out that commit in Hebrew is galal. Say, everybody say galal. Galal. I don't even know if I'm saying it right, so you guys might be saying it all wrong. But it means, commit means to roll, roll away, roll down, roll together, right? So interesting. I'm like, roll? Like, roll with me. I don't know. (laughs) Like, what does that even mean? But it also means to flow, to roll together with something, right? So I was like, wow, I, didn't, I never knew that commit means that. I, you know, I thought commit is just like surrender and just give it all. I thought that's what it meant. I thought it was like just give your everything to God and he will make your plan succeed. But here, when you look into the origin of, origin of this word, it means to roll, flow together, right? And it reminded me of a vision I saw that I got for a couple that recently got married. Um, and... When I was praying for this couple, I got this uh, vision of um, one wheel, like, you know, like a bicycle wheel, kind of like rolling on its own, rolling off, and like kind of being not controllable. And then all of a sudden, I saw two wheeled wooden cart. Do you guys know what a wooden cart is? Yeah? Well, because y'all are so young, I just wanted to help you guys, because these things are so ancient. You can, yeah, that's a wooden cart. (laughs) You know, it's a wooden carts literally with two wheels side by side right that's the image i got you know i'm I'm a nice preacher i help you guys out with this nice visual two-wheeled wooden cart and what god was speaking to me through that vision was the wheels they both function individually but when there's two of them you have to work together so if one wheel doesn't work the other one doesn't right and if the one if one wheel wants to go right, the other one can't go left. But they both have to function. But that was kind of like the analogy God was giving me about marriage, but also for our relationship with God. Okay? So you are the one wheel. Hey, come back, come back. So you are one wheel and God is the other. You know, it's kind of like what God is saying by commit yourselves to the Lord in all you do. He's saying, work with me. You are rolling with me. Side by side, we're in this together. You can, you know, but, you know, you have to go in the same direction. Otherwise, it's not going to work, 
right? So rolling with God means that you are the other wheel on this vehicle, okay? You won't go anywhere if you're not going going with God's leading. It just doesn't work that way. And you will go the wrong way if you completely ignore where the other wheel is trying to go. And when you're praying for your family, that's what I want to try to say. Praying for your family is a big burden. I don't know how many of you guys have a, a broken family, but praying, trying to carry that burden is not your responsibility. But rather, what God is telling you to do is to go flow and roll with him on it, right? So you have to be led by the Lord in praying for your family. And if, even evangelizing and sharing about God with your family, it has to be led by the Lord. Well, that was the revelation that I got through uh, my years of praying for my family. You know, through trials and errors and getting, you know, shut off or being ignored or, you know, telling me, like, just keep that to yourself. I don't want to hear it. Um, that was, that's, that was a lesson I learned. But I want to share now. It's, it's kind of like a, I don't know how to put it into words, but I'll just go into it. I want to share about my, each of my family members and how they got to meet Jesus. Are you excited? Yeah. I'm excited. So, um, so Stephen is my younger brother. He, he's nine years uh, apart from me. And I mentioned that when he was, uh, when we got separated, no, I didn't mention when we got separated because my parents divorced, uh, I was also separated from my brother. So he was only four at the time. And my dad went with my dad, uh, my brother went with my dad and I went with my mom. And for two years, I wasn't able to see my brother. And I remember just crying every day because I just missed my brother so much. He was only four. And um, so he basically grew up on his own. And because he was with my dad who had to work to feed, you know, both of them, he, my dad was mostly absent at home. And my brother kind of grew up on his own. Uh, so he was often left at home a lot, left alone at home a lot. And there's a study that says that, um, you know, verbal abuse is uh, not as, I guess, it's not as effective or strong as being neglected. So there's like a, an experiment that shows uh, like, you know, like different plants and you speak life over one. Like you're beautiful, your joy, your, you know, your light. And the other one, you say all these bad things. You're ugly, you're, you know, you're blah, blah, blah. And the other one, he just ignored. And the other one rotted the fastest and the most severely, right? So it just shows, like, how, like, I guess, um, how, like, hard it is for a child to be left alone. And that was my brother. I was so heartbroken when I heard this about this study later on. But in that place, um, he met God, thankfully, because once I could start driving, which was when I was, like, 21. (laughs) Yeah, I I started driving when I was 21. I was kind of late. And, but that's when he was like 10, 11. And once I could do that, I took him to different retreats, uh, like youth retreats. I just dropped him off there. You know, I'm like one of those sisters that like drag you to the retreat and just drop you off and, you know, hope that you figure something out on your own. Right? <laughs> because I was a counselor myself there. I was like teaching, you know, seventh and eighth graders. And I had no time to like, just like, you know, and I felt like it's better coming from somebody else than me. So I kind of l- basically left him to the Lord. That's what I did. It's not like just like, you know, neglecting him. But I knew if I uh, just leave him to the Lord, God would change his heart. And God would convict him. God would meet him. Um, 
So I didn't know when he became a, a believer, but I just, when I see his life, you know, when you see, when you talk about somebody's salvation, you're not talking about just saying, did he say yes or no to Jesus? But what you have to see is the fruit of his life. Is this person walking in righteousness? Is this person walking, you know, blameless from sin? That's when you see, oh, this person truly met God. And this person truly knows uh, what it means to be saved. And I saw that in my brother. Like once he like hit like uh, teens and he went to college. Like I never had the conversation with him like, did you meet Jesus, right? But I could see that there was so much grace on his life. Even though he could have gone so many different way, like wrong ways. Like, you know, I don't know, being promiscuous, doing drugs. Like, you know, different decisions he could have made. He was kept so protected. And I believe that that was because of the prayers that I was praying. Uh, because I couldn't do anything for him other than just praying for him. I, I couldn't see him. I could only see him like once a week or once every, you know, twice every month, a month kind of thing. So for me, uh, whenever I think of, I thought of my brother, I couldn't raise him myself. So I just entrusted him to the Lord and just prayed for him, right? And then um, in 2013, he was here out here in Korea. And I could see that, wow, like when he entered into college, he started serving at like fellowships and stuff. I'm like, wow, he must really know God. Like, I, I think I'm pretty sure of his salvation. And in 2013, when he was here, he told me that I've never got, gotten baptized. So I was like, well, New Philly does baptisms during summer. So do you want to get baptized in New Philly? And he said, yeah. And that's when I, for the first time, was able to ask him, hey, when did you actually get saved? <laughs> when did you meet God? And he said, when I was little, in my bedroom, when I was alone and, um, yeah, feeling hopeless and feeling alone, God met me then in my childhood. And also, when you took me to those crazy conferences and retreats, uh, one of those conferences when he was a teen, he felt like God was giving him a calling uh, specifically for Korea. And he's like, I think that's when I met God in like 2001 or uh, 2011 or something. So you can put up the picture. This is when he got baptized with Nufili in 2013 on the rooftop of Itaewon. <laughs> he's a cute, cute good-looking guy, right? My brother. <laughs> but... um. It didn't hit me because I preached that day too. Uh, it was kind of crazy because I preached at both campuses that day. I preached at uh, Hillside at the time and also uh, Itaewon. And I was just so like, you know, like up. So I was kind of out of it because, you know, I preached. And But then as I was watching him get baptized, I felt like God was speaking to me. Sky, I wanted you to see this. Because uh, I'm like, he got he got saved. He met the Lord like three years prior. But why is he getting baptized here today? And I felt like I was saying, Sky, I want you to see him getting baptized. And I <laughs> I just lost it then. I was like, <laughs> taking my pictures. Oh, man, I'm, I'm about to lose it now. But people who were there were kind of like, what the? Because I was like, oh, he's getting baptized. I'm so happy. And I'm just like, that revelation hit me. And I was like, <laughs> and I started falling. People were like, oh my gosh, right? But that's Stephen. That's uh, my brother, number one. This is like a, what is that? Like a, like, um, you know, like, man, what's the word? Like FBI, when you do like the mugshots and you're like, yeah, profile number one. 
this is his characteristic. This is what he did. Uh, it's kind of like what I'm doing, I think. But don't put up the slide yet. But number two is my dad. Dang, right? So my dad, he has a dark past. My dad, I didn't know this until like a few years ago, but when once he met the Lord, he was able to share the dark uh, past that he has. Was he grew up being abused, physically abused by his stepmother. And he basically ran out, like ran away from home when he was in middle school. And he grew up kind of like an orphan. So I, I could understand where his depression and his abusiveness and violence came from. Um, so I have been separated since to 1998. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you guys have, you were alive then, right? <laughs> 1998, when I was 13, you know, that's when we got separated. I didn't see him for two years along with my brother, but I met him again and I was able to go visit him and see him and, you know, kind of keep that, keep in touch with him. And, you know, I would mention to him here and there, dad, do you, are you interested in God? Do you ever want to go to church? And he's the one that told me like, no, keep the God stuff to yourself. I'm not interested. I don't want to hear this. You pray for me, but I don't need to pray. But somewhere around 2010, um, he came to me one day and I could see like the transformation. Like, like I said, once again, you look for the transformation. You look for the fruit of that person's life when you know, when you want to know if that person's really saved or not. And when I saw my dad, he was all of a sudden like joyful, kind of like peaceful, like, you know, like a personality I've never really, uh, really like seen in my dad. So, I, you know, I started talking to him, and he's like, oh, yeah, at church the other day, I was blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? What do you mean church? <laughs> what church is What cult is this? <laughs> I was so shocked because of his dramatic transformation and also his, like, him talking about testimony and church. And I'm like, what's, is he in a cult? Because I was, you know, I was not sure of where he was talking about this God from. And then he goes, what do you mean? Like, I'm like, did you meet Jesus? Like, are you saved? And my dad goes, what do you mean? I've always been son of God. <laughs> I'm like, dad, whatever. <laughs> you were not always the son of God. You were, you know, the other one. But uh, I'm like, no, tell me about it. And he said, well, one day I decided to go to church because uh, my roommate or, you know, people he was close with was like, hey, your daughter is praying so hard for you. How come you don't go to church? And he's like, he had no, I guess, excuse about it. I'll try it out. He went. He went. And I think um, either first or second Sunday, he, you know, the uh, the moksanim there, the pastor there did an altar call. And he felt this stirring and went up and gave his life to Jesus. And I was, he was telling me this, like, yeah, this is old news. I'm like, it is not an old news. <laughs> I went home, cried, you know, my eyeballs out. I'm like, praise the Lord, Jesus. Thank you so much. And you can see, um, I don't know if you, any of you guys met my dad. He's actually in Korea. Any of you guys meet my dad? Yeah, some of you guys. If you meet him now, you know, like the transformation he's gone through. And I told you, he abused my mom. He almost killed my mom when I was 13. That's how we got separated. But you would never, ever guess that that's the same guy. When you see him now, he's such a... He's so filled with joy. He's so goofy. He's so sanguine. He's so sociable. Like, I love people. I love everybody. You know, that, that's who he is. And I'm like, who are you? But God's done a crazy transformation in him. He actually came to Korea uh, March of this year. 
to work and he just dropped everything and he just came to set, get settled here. I don't know what led him to do that, but I really feel like it was God because I always had a vision of my mom and my dad being with me here in Korea at some point of my ministry and especially when I go to North Korea. Um, so I'm like, wow, my dad's coming. Does that mean North reunification is very close? <laughs> but I think it is. Uh, anyway, um, you can put up the, the other picture now. He got baptized this summer of 2013 in New Philly on the day I, got, I preached. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> uh, I preached that day and it just dawned on me, my dad's getting baptized today. Like when my brother got baptized two years ago when I preached. It's kind of, it's crazy. I think it's God's reminder, like, see, Sky, see where you are right now and how you've been committed to me and how your family is coming to know me. I, once again, cry like a baby <laughs> at this <laughs> baptism. And um, now he's a member at Shilim. He's even in a CG, and his CG people love him. Uh, his name is Abuji at my church at Shilim, because everybody's like, Abuji, Abuji, Abuji. Like, he's like everybody's Abuji, um, to the point where um, newcomers would come. And my dad has this, he's very prophetic. He just didn't know that he's prophetic, but he just knows. He has his radar and sense for people with father issues or people who didn't have fathers in their lives, So, especially newcomers. So, like... <laughs> Once in a while, I would see him standing there with a newcomer, like, giving me this eye, like, <laughs> you're going to meet this person? You're going to pray for this person? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I come to find out later, like, that person really needed the father's father figure. You know, that person really needed a father to speak love over her, you know? And she would just start crying when she hears about our story, how we didn't even grow up together. And he's just such a father right now to so many people. Uh, and I, I, want, I can boast that he actually worships the loudest at our church. <laughs> he always stands in the back, you know, behind me, and I hear him just going, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> that's my dad right there. And I, like, also hear him, like, wailing, crying, being, like, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It's just, like, you know, surreal. This is surreal for me. So that's him. And wait on the other one. <laughs> so who's left? My mama's left. I mean, I'm, and I'm taking out my um, step-siblings in this story because we've separated many years ago. That's a whole other story. But with God's grace, um, my mom was able to end that, you know, kind of bad marriage and, you know, like move on from it with God's blessing. So it, it's kind of weird because, um, you know, God is never for divorce. But in that specific case, God was able to lead her through me uh, in making the right decision and choice. So she's no longer with my stepdad, um, but with my mom. So she's the last one left. Um, she grew up in a Catholic church, and she hated it. She, she was dragged to church by her dad at, like, these conferences that makes you, makes you do, like, um, pilgrim's progress. <laughs> she would get sick and stuff like that. So she hated it. Uh, but with my mom, she has such a person, uh, strong personality. So I just left her alone, and I knew uh, unless God leads me to do it, uh, it's just best for me to pray for her because she was even against me going to church, 
And when I said I'm marrying a pastor slash missionary, a white guy that doesn't make much money, <laughs> my mom was kind of like, it was only by God's grace that my mom blessed this marriage. Um, but so weird. My dad came out in March last year. My mom came out in March this year. <laughs> it's just like, what's up with March? <laughs> Who's coming out next? <laughs> but my mom came out in March this year under different circumstances, and she started living with us in, my, in our house. Uh, so it's kind of interesting, you know, living with your husband and your mom. And for my, for my husband, she's living, you know, he's living with his, you know, um, like, she, um, what is it, Changmonim, like mother-in-law. So I'm like, you know, but I knew when she said she's going to come out and we prayed about it and God led us to do it, that salvation, her salvation was in God's plan. So she came out, and it's a really long story, I can't tell it all, but basically she was contemplating she saw a lot of fruit, a lot of testimony in my life and John Michael's life. She could not deny it. You know, like I said, you got to see the fruit, right? She saw so much fruit. She saw the way we were walking with the Lord. She could not deny God's presence. And she came to a point where she had to decide between Catholic Church and going to church, our church, Shilim. And, um, and, but then whenever she would go to Catholic Church, she would just feel a lot of condemnation. A lot of religious, like, you did this, so you can't tithe. You did this, so you can't do communion. And so she kind of, like, tried both because I encouraged her to. And then whenever she would come to New Philly, she doesn't understand much. She's, her first language is, you know, Korean. She understands, like, 50%, 60%. But she said every time during worship time, she would feel God's presence so strongly that she would want to start crying. I'm like, what? <laughs> But she's like, yeah, you know, last time when John was leading worship, I, my, my heart was so thorough. It was so hot. It was, something was burning inside here. I couldn't deny God's presence. So I, and, and I was trying not to cry because it's embarrassing, you know. And then that, that Sunday, she started sharing how, you know, and that was the turning point, point for my life. And I'm going to come into church now. And I'm, I'm not going to go to Catholic church anymore. Uh, and She's like, oh, and when my, she's remarried now. When my husband comes out with my daughter, I'm going to make them go to church. And if they don't, they can't stay with me. <laughs> she's like very hardcore. That's her personality. And I knew that once she's in, she's all in. So my mom, she's not baptized yet. So I don't have a picture of her getting baptized. Because this was like last month. Um, this, this is my mom. This is my dad. Right? And the next thing I want to share is... How, yeah, my mom, and she became a member uh, last Sunday. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. You know, I don't, I don't push, I don't force, I don't manipulate, I pray. Um, and I just, I didn't even say anything about the membership, but she saw the membership slide, and she's like, hey, hey, what's membership about? <laughs> and I was like, membership is this, you know, you get a covenant community. She's never done that before. I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> so I was like, all right, so I helped her, like, listen to podcasts and try to understand things so she can smart comment and stuff like that. She, you know, like, had to, had to retake the test a few times, and she got it, and she became a member yesterday. It's pretty crazy, right? And last thing I want to share about is not just, yeah, my brother saved. He's all out for the Lord. He's ready to, like, come out to Korea once he graduates because he has a huge heart for North Korea. And my mom saved, my dad saved. But this is, yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. <laughs> yeah, was not appropriate here. Yeah, here. Uh, 
my mom's my dad's relationship is crazy. It's unheard of. Uh, it's like so crazy. It's so awkward sometimes, because so my dad in 2010 after he met the Lord, he felt this crazy conviction that he needs to ask for forgiveness for what he's done to my mom, and to my brother and myself, because he was living with so much shame, so much guilt, so much like burden that I did this to my you know ex-wife. I did this to my daughter, and he um and he, so he asked me like what can I do. And so I set up a meeting with my mom, and he uh, met with her at IHOP, not the, the house of prayer, but the pancake <laughs> IHOP. And they met, sat down, and my dad just told her, I want to ask you for forgiveness for what I have done to you, what, you know, the way I abused you, the way I treated you. Will you forgive me? And my mom, she's mad cool. She's like, I've forgiven you a long time ago. Don't worry about it, right? And, you know, guys, there's something powerful about forgiveness when you are able to forgive someone that almost killed you someone that you know abused you and and gave you so much hurt there's so much restoration in that relationship as well beyond what you can understand so in like our earthly minds we don't understand how can they see each other like this and be almost like friends siblings these days (laughs) i see them both every sunday at my church It's kind of weird because people are confused at our congregation. So he's your dad and she's your mom, but they're not married. And they're talking to each other, hanging out. Even hanging out in fellowship settings with, you know, the rest of the church. They joke around with each other like, you know, best buddies. You know, they tease each other. They say, like, you know, a lot of things that, you know, kind of like what siblings would do (laughs) to each other. But can you imagine, like, someone that had such a past Two people that have such a past, such hurt, but because they were able to forgive each other, they can do this. They can have this kind of relationship. It's unheard of. It's unheard of. Like, even these days, when I see my parents, I'm like, this is nuts, God. This is so crazy. How could this be, po- how could this be possible? And my mom, she got remarried, I told you. And she, her husband um, had a really good impression of my dad, you know, when they had to meet for, like, business reasons. So he's like, can you invite him over? Let's have dinner with him. <laughs> so my mom's husband and my mom and my brother and their, you know, stepdaughter and my dad had a barbecue for the first time. And they had a really good time and they like each other a lot. So what ended up happening was my dad ended up going to my, my mom and her husband's house often to get dinner with them, to hang out with them. And like, what? And they one time like invited me to this group chat online <laughs> that says family. And I'm like, what the heck? I, why is my step, you know, stepdad here? Why is my dad here? Why is my brother here? But it was, but that gave me, you know, a picture of what heaven should be like, what heaven would be like. You know, in heaven, there is no bitterness. There is no grudge. There is no unforgiveness. There is no, I hate you for what you did to me. There is no, oh, you're my ex's, you know, know, my wife's ex, so I don't want to see you. But in heaven, there is just true fellowship that has no, you know, walls or awkwardness because there is so much uh, forgiveness and, and restoration in their relationship. You know, so this picture, we went on a four day, four nights, five day, something like that. Uh, right against traffic, my husband, you know, uh, rode the bike across Korea for five days. 
And my, I took my parents with me. <laughs> they were on support crew. They didn't ride the bike, but they were on support crew. My mom was driving. He was driving another car. So they saw each other for like five days. And, and they're fine. Like they joke around. They like make fun of each other. And, you know, they're, and I, people ask like, do you guys ever want to get back together? Right. But then my mom's already remarried. There's nothing like that anymore. But it's just like so platonic, like this friendship that they have to a point this is when I felt like, wow, this is really heaven. Um, is in the car when they, when we were driving, uh, my my mom was like, "Hey, if you keep doing that to me, I'm gonna kick you out of the car." Because my dad was in the car, and he's like, "Well, you already kicked me out, you know, once, like a long time ago." And my mom's like, and, and then he's like, "And with nothing, <laughs> like you gave me nothing, and like it's all joking." I know it sounds crazy, but he's all joking. He's like, well, actually, you gave me a mattress, and I tied it to the car, and that's how I left. And then they're all laughing like crazy, like, ah, that was so funny. And then, and then my mom goes, yeah, hey, I did give you something. I gave you 300 bucks. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you did. And they're laughing about this incident. And I'm like, they're crazy. <laughs> what is this I'm hearing, right? But that's like heaven on earth. And my point is this, guys. Oh, man, I went a lot. <laughs> my point is, follow God. With family, with your studies, with your life, whatever you're going through, follow God and roll with him. Be the other wheel. God is on your side at all times. He's there to balance out the mistakes you make. He's there to gear you and, and you know, rear you towards the right direction. Follow him and his ways. It's my point. It's very simple. Then your plans will succeed. You know why? Because your plan and his plan are connected. If you follow God, if you commit your ways to the Lord, you guys' plan is connected and it has to succeed because it's God's plan. It's like in oneness, like the double wheel. Right? God didn't save my entire family because I'm doing something right. I don't deserve any of this. There's nothing that I've done with my life that I'm like, okay, I've done, I've done this right, so can you save my mom, please? There's no entitlement here, but only thing I was able to do was to connect myself with the Lord because otherwise I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything without his help. I couldn't survive the, the, the drama of the family without him carrying me through. That's the only thing I did, and look what happened. He took care of my family to a point of, you know, testimonies that you will not hear anywhere else. You know, when I see my mom and dad at church now, it's so surreal that it takes a long time for me to understand what's happening. You know, once angry, depressed, violent man, loving and praising God so loud. And my mom, who was, you know, she went through multiple depression. She went through, you know, multiple suicidal attempts as well. But now, you know, who was once hurt and broken by different marriages, when you see her at church now, who, you know, she used to just stand there like this before she met the Lord. But now she, when worship comes on, she's like giggling like a little girl. She's dancing like a little girl. I've never seen that in my mom. And seeing that joy and peace that she has in her life, her humming songs in, in, in house that I've never heard before because she was so depressed. This is unheard of, guys. And this is your testimony. Only if you are to connect yourself to the Lord. Commit yourself to the Lord. Commit the, to the Lord in all you do and your plans will succeed.